Okay. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. We are continuing in our journeying with John series, our verse by verse study through the gospel of John. And um, one of the verses that really stuck out to me last week was verse 10, where it said, but the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. That just blew me away. How dare Lazarus be risen from the dead? <clears throat> Glorify God with his life. We'll kill him too. Cool. You, gotta be a, you have to be a special kind of evil to do something like that. Especially knowing what Lazarus, uh, uh, Lazarus went through. And of course, last time we were together, um, the chief priests are, trying to, are, are upset uh, because they're trying to stop Jesus and it's just getting worse. He just keeps, people just keep believing on him. More and more people. Uh, remember they, uh, two weeks ago, uh, I almost said Confucius. That's not his name. What's his name? Caiaphas. Caiaphas kind of had a, uh, uh, an epiphany, you know. We'll just, uh, it's better for one man to die uh, because if not, then the whole nation will. And they consulted amongst themselves how they could kill Christ. And, but they said, you know, we got to do something about it because he's turning everyone away. Everyone is coming to know him and that's been rough. And so um, that's kind of where we're at picking up in verse 12. So let's pray real quick. I know we just got done with prayer time, but just over this lesson and that it would speak to us. Um, however, uh, the Lord sees fit. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day and for your son and for sending him to die on the cross for our sins. Lord, I just pray that you would bless this message and that you would speak to the church the way that you spoke to me. And we'll give you all the honor and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 12. On the next day, this is right after they wanted to kill Christ because of La kill Lazarus because of him coming to a... Uh, People coming to Christ because of him. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So uh, we're seeing a lot of the fears of the, of the Pharisees um, come to fruition. Uh, people are coming to the feast, but they're coming because they're like, what? Jesus is coming? Jesus is going to be here? Oh my gosh. We got we to gotta be, we got to go. We got to go. Which if you... Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a lot of a different kind of temperature that he's been getting all throughout the Bible. It's go here, get ran off, go here, be unwelcome, go here, leave early because you can't work the way that you want to. But now um, they're excited. They're going to the feast. What? Word has got out. Jesus right now is a celebrity. And why is he a celebrity right now? What happened? Big thing that happened that now everyone has heard about and they want to see. He, Lazarus, right? Lazarus is like, whoa, that's, that was his money ball, right? And it's like, wow, he did this? We got to go see about this Jesus guy, right? Um, so uh, they heard he was coming to Jerusalem, verse 13, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel, right? Capital K, capital I, that cometh in the name of the Lord. Someone talked to me about why it's important uh, about them uh, throwing. You guys heard about that? Throwing the palm, the branches before his feet. Anyone ever heard about that before in scripture? Anyone? Brother Howard, you heard about that? I have. I can't Okay, we're going to talk about it a little bit here in a second. Um, 
They took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Verse 14, And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat, that, sat thereon, and as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Sion, behold, the king cometh, sitting on an ass's colt. All right, and so a couple of things are happening here is a prophecy, and that he's going to come into riding on uh, a donkey, right? And usually what would happen is when royalty was coming, they would get these branches, right? And they would, ceremoniously, they would cast it before the feet of someone who was important, royalty or a king, right? And so they're over here saying, you know, like, we're praising God uh, because uh, the king of Israel is coming. Now, what was the discrepancy that, that's coming from this? That's going to make them in just a few chapters cry, crucify, crucify. What's the big hang-up that happens? Anyone know? It's a big thing that happens. What people don't realize is that they expected Christ to come and do something specific. Rain. What was it? Rain on the earth. Right. Save them from the oppressing hand of the Romans. Jesus Christ, who raised his man from the dead. Romans can't stop that. But that wasn't Christ's goal, was it? Not to set up his earthly kingdom, which he will someday. But it wasn't then. And so they're out here expecting these things. And of course, it was prophecy that he would come into the, to the town and do that. Verse, um, verse 16. Thank you, Brother Greg. These things understood not his disciples at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things that were written unto him, that they had done these things unto him. So they're kind of foreshadowing a little bit. You know, when he, when he was glorified... Um, they remember all these things that are kind of being done. So they don't understand now, but they will. Um, and the people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of the grave um, and raised him from the dead, bear record. So you ever seen kids like that? Well, they were like, oh, but I did that. And then you have his homies in the back gassing him up like I was there. I saw it. I was I was there. I saw him do it. I saw him. Hey, did you see him? Because I saw him. I saw him do it. And that's kind of a. That's kind of how they're, they're, they're kind of looking at it. Like, hey, I was there uh, when this happened. And so um, I was here when this happened. And they're kind of bearing, they're bearing record of what happened. Um, verse 18. For this cause, the people also met him for that they heard that he had done this miracle. So they came by and celebrityism is happening, right? They're coming up. Oh, my gosh, you're Jesus. You raised Lazarus from the dead. Tell me what it was like. How'd you do it? You know, they're kind of doing their thing. They're kind of fangirling a little bit. Um, verse 19. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, Perceive ye how, he prevail no how ye prevail nothing? Behold, the world has gone after him. That is now the third time that they said that. Right? That's the third time that they said that. Well, you know, you, they're worrying because they're trying to stop him and it's only getting worse for them. He's only gaining and gaining more popularity. Verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. By the way, who usually comes to the feast? What kind of people? The huh? The to the feast? Yeah, sure. What else? Who else usually came to the feast in Jerusalem? What kind of people are supposed usually were historically when? Who? Say it out loud. Yeah. It's a Jewish feast. 
right? It's a Jewish feast. I'm not trying to trick y'all, I promise. And there were certain Greeks. Are Greeks, are the Greeks Jewish? No, right? And among them that came up to the worship at the feast, the same came therefore to Philip, um, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. All right? Verse 22. Daquan. That we would that we would see Jesus. Plug this in for me, please. That cord over there. Thank you. Alright? Sorry, y'all. My phone's dying, so I'm getting it plugged in. There's a that green cord right there. You see it? Yeah. Thanks. All right. Okay. So that they would see Jesus. And verse 22. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. So they said, hey, the Greeks came to the feast. And they said, hey, we want to we, we see Jesus. And they went and... Philip said, Andrew, uh, we got some Greeks here that want to see Jesus. What should we do? I don't know. Let's go tell them that people were here to see him. And so uh, that's where we'll stop. And we're going to look at some takeaways. All right. So number one, y'all ready? Okay. Number one, the first takeaway, what's the reason you come to see Jesus? What's the reason you come to see Jesus? Many of us have ulterior motives. Sometimes we come to him for stuff. Um, or for needs, but we don't usually come, but many of people come to Christ not because of that, not because they have an active relationship uh, with him. So do you come to him because of what you want from him, or do you come to dwell with him because he's king? That's a question that we have to ask ourselves. What are you in this for? Honestly, when's the last time you asked yourself that question? Why am I in this? What's the reason? Why do I do this? We have to break the habit of just going to God for stuff and start going to God because of what he's already done. Romans or not, World War III or not, God is sovereign and he's worthy to be praised. Make sure that when you are going to pursue Christ, it's not because, oh, well, I feel obligated or because so-and-so made me or because mom made me or because of whatever kind of promotions we're having. And there may be some people who come um, during our events that we start putting on you know, through our new vision uh, and they may come just to see what's going on they may come for death by chocolate they may come for all of those different things but the reason why we should be coming to see Jesus whether it's at home, at your bedside, at the altar whether it's here at Bible study or whatever it is you should be going to see Jesus because it's Jesus because it's Jesus what's the reasons that you've come to him so number one, what's the reason you come number two does your life bear record of Jesus? Does your life bear record of Jesus? We see this consistent story happening all the time, but you have to watch at how the conversation shifts. They start off, I love that the talk begins about being about Lazarus, and wow, uh, and he was raised and started being about what God did for him. If you look at it and even reflect over the passage, maybe go back and see it in your own private time, but they're not coming to see Lazarus. You see that, right? They're not coming to see Lazarus. 
Lazarus and what was done in Lazarus' life became a foundation by which people were coming to see Christ. Whoa, this guy is raising people from the dead. What else does he do? What else, what else does he do? And that's what our lives should be like. Like we should be happy about the things that God is doing in our life. But when the dust settles, the conversation should lean toward what Christ did for us and through us. That's how it should be. Your testimony is important. And what's going on in your life should be important. But the focus should not be, well, look at Xavier. Wow, God did great things in him. Or look at Dominic. God did great things in him. It should be like, no, let me come to Christ because I know that God has been doing great things. There's a difference. What happened with Lazarus was incredible. And of course, the, mir- of course, the miracle can't happen without being Lazarus present, without Lazarus uh, being present. But at the same time, it's not about Lazarus. For this cause, the people, the people also met him for that. They heard that this miracle um, had been done. They came to see Christ, man. They, they, they came to see him because he raised Lazarus. God is going to continue to raise Lazarus in your life. But what are you going to do when that happens? Oh, thanks. I know. I overcame. I know. I used to be this, but now I'm great, you know. <laughs> Yay. That shouldn't be how it is. It should be, yeah, this happened, but let me talk to you about how it happened and who it happened through. And that's going to be the game changer for that. Does your record, does your life bear record of Jesus? Number three, they couldn't stop Christ then and they can't stop Christ now. They couldn't stop Christ then and they can't stop Christ now. There will always be a remnant. Uh, many people in, in history have tried to shut uh, Christ down and, uh, and could not do it. Right now in my boring integration of spirituality and counseling class, uh, we're going through a bunch of history stuff. We're talking about Tertullian and all of the different things. We're talking about Darwin and all the people who have tried to disprove uh, Christianity and biblical methods behind reaching people and overcoming uh, turmoil in their lives. Uh, but no matter how hard they all tried and how, how far they all fought, uh, Christianity has always stood strong. It has always stood strong. Um, in, uh, in, uh, in the beginning, in the, a lot of the integration and spirituality or counseling class, that first paper that I had to do was from that class. And uh, what, was it, what it was important was talking about how psychologists now are now being open to spirituality being introduced into counseling sessions. Of course, if you know a lot about the birth of, of it, um, it was rooted in a lot of it in humanism, um, secular philosophy, and was very anti-God. For some reason, they believed that people who were Christians could not be, uh, could not be intelligent or have you know, things like that. We talked about uh, Galileo's heliocentric theory and how people were trying to introduce um, that the, the world did not... Uh, the universe did not revol- revolve around the earth, but the earth revolved around the sun and how the sun was the center of the universe and all of that different stuff happened. They wouldn't take it because the, per- the people who were trying to introduce these things were doing it from a spiritual standpoint and the Catholic Church would not allow those things to happen. I guess I am learning. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Class is boring. All right. Huh? I said, oh, watch out. Yeah, there you go. All right. Stuff like that is going on. All that to say is this. Um, they tried to stop them and they can't. 
And you're starting to see that if you're careful, if you keep being strong, you'll find that the Holy Spirit begins to seep its way into the things that don't welcome Him. It's the same way that it worked for you. Same way how it worked for me. I mean, the Holy Spirit came knocking at my heart and all I do is crack the door to say, who is it? And He was in. And the seed was planted. And Apollos plant, and Paul planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Right? And that's the same way that it goes. They won't stop them. There'll always be a remnant. There'll always be those who seek to stand up and rise up against Christ. Um, but his word has also perver- pres- uh, been preserved and will continue to do so. Um, you'll find out that God has preserved his word even for a very long time. And realizing that if you do your study of the Bible, the Bible wasn't just like, bam, one day we just got the King James. Woo! That's not how that went. Um, it was 40 different authors over a period of 1,500 years that got the Bible to, to where that it was. By the way, the Bible exists in perfect harmony with people who span the different eras of time. That's the Lord. He's always preserved it. And people have tried to do things and... People are still uh, burning Bibles and all kinds of stuff. And they're trying to stop it, but they won't ever. They won't ever. Let that be an encouragement to you. That's why I know last Sunday we were talking about like the world. We were talking about politics and stuff like that. And I believe it was you, Brother Crook, that was saying, you know, that God's in control. God's got stuff. He's got it taken care of. And we should always do our best. But God's, God is going, God's will is going to be performed. His will is going to be performed. And that's a lot about like Romans 8.28, you know, and all things work together for good, you know, in talking about like God has a will and everything contributes to it, the bad and the good, right? It's the kind of stuff. And so um, I believe it was, uh, it wasn't Nero. Mary, maybe it was, um, his name is right on the tip of my tongue, where he uh, claimed that the Bible would be destroyed in his lifetime. And now his Bible is a, and now his house is a Bible printing factory. You know what I'm saying? It's just like this funny stuff like that where the Lord always keeps a, a remnant. Number four. I said, number one, what's the reason you come to Jesus? Number two, does your life bear record of Jesus? Number three, they couldn't stop Christ then and they can't stop him now. They said, you know, um, here in the passage, they said, you know, but... Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing. Behold, the world has gone after him. Number four, all are invited to the feast. All are invited to the feast. What was happening with this feast was uh, it wasn't open to the, it wasn't really open to non-Jews. They were Jewish feasts, Jewish customs. And what happens? Greeks pull up to the feast. You know how that had to go. They were like, Take your monocle off. What? Are those non-Jews? The Greeks started pulling up to the feast, but it was a, a Jewish tradition. We have to make sure that the fellowship table doesn't just include us. You see what I'm saying? We have to make sure that the fellowship table doesn't just include us. In one of my discussion posts I had to do for my class last week, remember y'all are on this master's journey with me, we should all get certificates, we should all do it. We're basically all doing the work. We were talking about um, competent counselors. What makes a competent counselor? 
and a competent Christian counselor. And they were saying, uh, pick out one of these things that are amongst this list, uh, was one of the part of the assignment, and talk about what you think is an area that you think you will have a hard time with. Um, and what I said was, I think the hardest thing for me will be to propitiate growth in someone who has values that differ from mine. Someone who's living in a moral lifestyle or um, different stuff like that. Well, um, today was something similar to that where I, uh, a, a sort of counseling relationship has started uh, from, a, from a perspective of someone who lives a lifestyle contrary to mine. And I was telling Kalea about it, and I was like, I'm actually excited um, because I don't want to push people away. You know, this, is, this may be the reason, a, a reason why, by which people come to know the Lord and Savior. Uh, but I want to be a competent counselor to be able to reach into the all fires to be able to pull people closer to him. And uh, this person is the first person who does not have the kind of Christian background uh, that I know that I'm familiar with. They're not really a believer. And their lifestyle reinforces that. And so I was saying my, telling my wife, you know, I'm excited. Uh, because this is going to be able to talk exactly. Isn't it funny how the Lord works? I just got done writing a paper about how I struggle with this area. And here comes someone in needing of someone to help them work through life um, from this standpoint. And I'm like, all right, Lord, I see you. But we have to remember that all are welcomed to the table. Although we don't condone sin, we don't shun sinners either. And that's not what Christ did for us. And I'm so glad that Orlando Baptist Temple historically has not been uh, that kind of church that pushes people away or, or tells them, hey, that's not the kind of lifestyle or you made some mistakes. And yeah, we talked about this on Sunday, right? Um, and that hasn't pushed you away. But we don't want to just say, hey, you're still cool to be here even though you did whatever. We want to say, hey, not only is that, but we want to bring you to Christ. We want to, we want to show you what he has to offer at this table. Can we show you um, what this is? And that's why, uh, remember in the first, and if you were there, the first installment in the Hunger Games series, and we were just talking about how there are believers who are sitting at a table spread, right, come and dine. Uh, the master has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people to come and dine. And there are children who, of God who are standing at a feast table and are starving to death. Why is that the case? Why would we push everyone away? And again, I'm not trying to condone sin. I'm just saying that when we have a chance to feed the hungry, feed the lost, we should be taking advantage of it. We need to treat the world like they're invited to the feast. And you know why? Why, would it, why should we treat the world like they're invited to the feast? Someone tell me real quick. What do you think? Why should we? Huh? He says because the... Right? What else? Why should we treat the world like they're invited to the feast? Because they're invited. They're invited to the feast. He told that woman, listen, listen to me, you come to pour out. I loved how he was always practical. You come to draw water from this well, but I bring you a water where you'll thirst no more. Men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. God's whole thing is to, for us to be filled, for us to be quenched, for us to be full of him. And there's people out there that's, that's starving. Behold the, 
The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Guess what, y'all? I got some food. Come over. You want to listen to me? I got spiritual Gatorade where you will never be thirsty again. Like, I got you. Come on over. We need to treat the world like they're invited to the air fire, Brother Howard. Because they are. They're invited to the feast. I am so tired of Western. Listen to me. I am so tired of Western Christianity just being about the Christians. I'm tired of it. You look overseas where there is great oppression happening. And guess what else is also happening over there? Who knows? Revival. Revival. All these people. I mean, Iran. I was at a um, young adult thing like I've been going to. Right? Um, little Dallas shirt. Wasn't sure if it was for us or not. But we're going to that thing. And they had this thing called USA Unites. And they're talking about. Anyone ever heard of USA Unites? USA United, it's a movement that's a worldwide movement, and it started in Sri Lanka. Right? It started in Sri Lanka, and Sri Lanka had 26 years of civil war. Absolute bloodbath, where people were trained up to be terrorists, to go and destroy teenagers who were in school. There are kids in, the, in, the, in those schools, in the a part of Sri Lanka, Sri Lanka uh, Unites, that uh, were, trained to be, were getting trained to be uh, terrorists. And they end up having peace in their land. Where that happened after a huge, just terrible last fight. And it came after that, it was peace in the land. Where the both sides of these people that never were able to agree or get along came together in harmony to kind of to, to join their country together to grow and see it facilitate growth in it. And so we're talking about the chapters of that that have started in, and they said there's Iranian chapters, there is um, Afghanistan chapters, and those are heavily Muslim countries, heavily uh, 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 radical Islamic countries, and they're making strong efforts to promote peace. And someone said something last night because they had a Q&A portion, and they were like, what are your questions? And one of the guys was asking a question. Sorry, Miss Angelica. Yeah. <laughs> he was asking a question and he said, what's your margin of success? And the pastor there, his name was Pastor Sean, one of the pastors on the staff who heads up USA, this chapter of it at the church. Um, he said, well, right now it's pretty new. We're still having a lot of conversation because a lot of it is going to, the premise behind it is where they cover all kinds of things that divide our country. Right, so a lot of it's gonna be politics, right? Uh, race, Second Amendment rights, you know, and you can probably list a whole bunch more other things that help cause division, Republican, Democratic parties, all that kind of stuff, right? And they're talking about how to bridge the gap between all of that thing, and it starts off with understanding, right? Remember, we we're talking about um, being able to create an environment that's conducive to talk about it, so that we can cr- promote and foster growth. And the guy says, oh, so you guys don't, so you don't know. And I was like, you know? So you, so you guys don't know. And he's like, well, it's still new. We're working on it. It starts, you got to start small. And he was like, it'll never happen. America's too big. That's what he said. He's like, it'll never happen. It'll never happen here in USA. And I'm just like thinking like, did you not hear the countries that they just talked about where it did start? Sri Lanka. Iran, Afghanistan, Iraq, 
There's 10 chapters, 10 countries involved in this right now, mostly Middle Eastern countries. We're nowhere near, near what they have going on over there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that divide the country, but it's not at a place where there's 26 years of civil war happening right now. It's like, where's your faith, man? But what I say, what was what the point of telling y'all all about that? Is that it starts with us. It starts with us saying we're going to look across and see the sinners that are out there and say there is a seat for you at the table. Can I introduce you to the cook? Can I do that? Which leads into point five and we'll be done. Number one, it says, what's the, what, what's the reason you come to Christ? Number two, does your life bear record of Jesus? Number three, they couldn't stop Christ then, then and they couldn't stop Christ now. Number four, all are invited to the feast. And number five, people will inquire about Jesus. So bring them to him. People will inquire about Jesus. So bring them to him. Look at... Um, Look at verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was at Bethsaida. Of course, you know, Philip was one of the disciples, right? Therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Hey, uh, sir, we know that you, uh, you guys hang with Christ, right? Could... We, we would like to see him, please. Look at verse 21. The same came there, uh, verse 22, sorry. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew. And again, Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. Someone tell me what they did not do. What did they not, what did they not do? They didn't turn him away. Huh? What was the request? Did they take them to see Jesus? No. no. What'd they do? They went and told Jesus that some Greeks want to see you. But they didn't take them. See, on the surface, it looks like they were doing a good thing, but they, they missed it. We would see Jesus. They didn't take them. Let me go and see. It's kind of like when someone asks you, asks, it's like Mr. Seal comes to me and asks me for a Brother Dominic's number. Because she likes to talk to him about stuff. And what, is I, what do I do? Normally I'm going to go and say, Hey, Brother Dominic, is it okay that I give Mrs. Seal your number? That's not how that was supposed to go. We would see Jesus. The correct answer would have been, Sure. Let me take you to him. I know where he's at. How many times do we field people for Jesus? My wife and Brother Mike checked the phones for me. Because I'm terrible at doing it. And sometimes someone will call and they already know what calls I won't take and what calls I will. And so some things that's just like I'm not interested and we just go ahead and turn them away because we know that we don't have any interest in that. They'll say, uh, no, thank you. We, we're, that's, we won't be able to do that. Or they know what kind of message to tell them. But do you know that with Jesus, there is no fielding calls? There is no fielding calls. And if that's the case, why on earth will we have opportunities to bring people to Jesus and don't? Someone comes to you and, and they, and they want to know about the salvation of the Lord. You don't just go, I'll pray for you. Show them how to be saved. Someone inquires. You don't just, you don't just tell, hey, I'll, I'll go talk to Jesus for you. No. 
You go and tell them. Go and tell them. The same thing happened when the, uh, those kids came and they were going to see Jesus. Remember that? Jesus is out there and the disciples and the kids are coming. And the disciples are like, shoo, shoo, shoo. God, Jesus doesn't have any time for you. And what does the Bible say? Suffer the children to come unto me and forbid them not. For what? For such is the what? Is the kingdom of God. That gave me chills reading it. I was like, you know, suffer the little children. Don't suffer. Incline them. Encourage them. Push them toward me. Don't push them away. Or, or Christ doesn't have time. He said, no. He said, it is better for a millstone to be hung around your neck and for you to be cast out into the othermost parts of the sea than for you to turn one of these little ones astray. It was important. Jesus Christ, no matter how tired he was, whenever there were people there, it always said the same thing. And he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. He had compassion on them. So if that's the case, why are we still doing that? Why, don't we, why aren't we proactive? Why isn't our first question... Do you know Christ? When, when we were out doing... Uh, you can close your Bibles. I'm about done. When we were out doing this, the, the flyer blitz this last Saturday, which I'm still beaming that someone came. I cannot believe that. Like, Mrs. Seal, Miss, and Miss, Miss Terrell, like, think about this. Like, if you guys didn't come and hit that street, they wouldn't be here today. So it's great how your service is, you know, done for the Lord. They... That stuff matters. Like that's a seed that got they got the gospel when they when they came. That's a seed planted. But when I went to that door and I knocked on it and I was given the rundown of the church, you know, kind of selling the church to them. This is what we got going on. This is why you'd be a good fit. I said, before I go, can I ask you a question? If I could show you how you could be saved, would you let me? Philip and Andrew should not have been waiting for people to come to them. They should have been out there like, it's some, y'all see some, that's some Greeks over there. Hey, y'all know that, you know that Jesus is here? Y'all want to see him? It's like when I was, in, uh, when I was in, in high school, we used to have, Dr. Riggs used to put on what was called the super rally. You ever been to one of those, the super rally? And we used to have the super rally um, before it started getting, uh, you know, not completely Christian friendly. Um, and we would do the kids tunnel. You ever got to do the kids tunnel, Brother Dominic? I got to do it one time. And the kids tunnel basically is they got down there for the Orlando Magic and they would have it certain nights where the kids would make the kind of like tunnel for the NBA players. And they would all come out and it was, you know. Grant Hill and all these other guys coming on out. And, I mean, you ever, you ever been next to a, a, a professional basketball player? Them jokers is tall. Tall, tall, tall. And I would see, and they would pick people from all age groups. They would pick little ones. They'd pick teens. They'd pick, you know. And I remember seeing one of the, associ- one of the, uh, the workers there. They would get down on one of those little kids' level, and they said, Hey, would you like to meet Grant Hill? Would you like to meet Dwight Howard? Would you like to meet... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went and, and, and would escort them to the tunnel. That's the same way that we should be reaching the world. Whether they accept or decline is on them. But we should be in a state where we offer. 
Would you like to see Jesus? Can I show you the can I show you the maker? Can I invite you to the table? Everyone else is looking for him, but I know where he's at. Let me take you to him. That should be how we live our lives as Christians. Let's pray.